guys, what's going on today? We are going to be talking about some games. And this is something that I've been reading a little bit more into some some game theory and really trying to expand my horizons a little bit in terms of what I'm reading, what I'm paying attention to and, you know, how I'm logically kind of thinking about my own skill set as a person and being a little bit more universal. And what's really cool about this is this is making me think about health and fitness and really our day-to-day job and tasks in a little bit of a different light. And it's challenged some of my, you know, just common way of thinking, some of my opinions, some of the stuff that, you know, I just maybe haven't sat and thought about for a little while. So I definitely encourage you guys, if you are stuck in listening to, you know, the same podcast, the same type of material, your input, you know, breaking back on what we talked about last week, your input is coming from similar materials. You're reading all development oriented books and things like that. Change it up a little bit. Think about some classics, right? Think about things that have stood the test of time and how you can maybe go back to some of those resources and get extra value out of them. But what I want to talk about today, guys, is zero sum games, negative sum games, and positive sum games. Why it's important to know the difference between them. Why it's important to know that the game that you are in and how we play those games and what types of games we want to be spending our time with. Okay, so the first we're going to talk about is negative sum games. And as I start to explain these, you guys will see what we're talking about if you guys have no familiarity with the subject. A negative sum game is where all parties involved or both parties involved. We're going to keep it simple. We're just going to imagine there's two parties in each of these games. A negative sum game is where both parties lose, right? And so I kind of think about this in my head as negative one and negative one. Two players both get a negative one at the end. So what are some examples of negative sum games? Things that we want to avoid like the plague. A common one is fist fights, right? So let's say we're out at a bar and there's two guys and, you know, they've been drinking a little too much and they're trying to impress girls and they don't realize that fist fighting is really not going to do it for them. And, you know, they start kind of brushing up and, you know, trying to flex on each other a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you know, somebody starts swinging and no matter what way you cut it, no matter what happens from that situation on, as soon as fists start flying, both parties lose. Everybody loses in that situation. Even if you swing and you just cold cock the guy, catch him on the chin, you knock him out cold and everyone's like, oh, yeah, right. You still lose. Right. Whether you know it or not, you still lose. Right. You're going to have guilty conscience. Your fists are going to hurt in the morning. You're not going to be very proud of what you did. All these other things. Right. You are going to lose. Okay. Obviously, the guy who gets knocked out loses. That is a negative sum game. Both parties lose. Okay. Another shining example of this is arguing on social media. There is no winner in arguments on social media. Okay. Somebody posts something you don't agree with, right? We're coming up on political season. This stuff is going to get worse and worse and more and more. And these confirmation bias sides are going to start getting more polar opposites, right? Got Democratic primary stuff starting tonight. And so, you know, all of a sudden, man, all these leftists, they're going to swing way left and they're going to try to, you know, shock and all you with their left. And then people are going to be saying all this stuff about, you know, Bernie Sanders this and Kamala Harris that and blah, blah, blah. And it is going to be ripe for people to want to debate these things. 
But here's why it's a negative sum game. Two things. Number one, people who post those things, people who post comments, you are not going to ever convince somebody on Facebook. I am convinced that there has never been a situation where somebody engages in a debate on social media and anybody actually has the wherewithal to stop and say, huh, that was a really good point. You know, maybe I'm going to rethink my position on that. Now, that does happen in person when you can have an actual in-person debate. You can have some empathy if you have parties that are actually willing to debate. And an actual debate requires two people to actually be open to accepting a new possible point of view. If you guys ever want to see a really good example of this, there's a clip of Ricky Gervais and Stephen Colbert debating religion on The Tonight Show. And they discuss it. And Ricky Gervais makes a couple really good points. And Stephen Colbert just stops and goes, wow, yeah, that's really good. That's really good. That's a really good point. He does not agree with him. He is religious. And Ricky Gervais is a very well-known atheist, right? And they have this discussion. I don't think either parties are going to move off of their positions there. They're not going to be convinced. But at least Stephen Colbert was open to saying that was a really good point that actually did make me rethink my point of view a little bit. And you can get that in in in-person debates. But on social media, it does not happen. So why are both people losers in this situation? Okay, the biggest reason is time. Right. We are literally in that case wasting time that could be otherwise spent productively. And both people are losing time for a never winning battle. And so when we look at things that way, you're just losing. Both people lose. Right. You post this thing. You clearly already believe in it. Right. So you share it. The only thing positively that can come out of this is people who already agree with you are going to continue to agree with you and they will voice their agreement. People who don't already agree with you are going to try to argue and everybody involved in that is wasting their time. This is why everybody talks about how one of the worst things about social media is politics and people who post stuff on there like that. And it doesn't necessarily need to be politics, but things like that. And that's the reason why it's just a time waste for everybody. There's not a lot of enjoyment that comes out of it. There's not a lot of points to be made. Nobody's moving off their positions because of it. And it just kind of is right. So it's a negative sum game. We don't want to waste our time engaging in those things. And a lot of things that we look at are maybe small little matriculations from that, right? They're just little changes from that all kind of throughout our day. There are probably multiple interactions that people have throughout the day that maybe just don't need to be had, right? Or maybe just could just be, look, you could literally just walk away and just say, agree to disagree. Todd Skelton the Todd was uh, was talking to me the other morning. He was talking about how he used to have a boss and that boss, as soon as somebody would start blaming, complaining, defending, being negative, he would just walk away. He just I'm out. And I told Todd, I go, man, I go, I really would like to get to that point. Now, you come across in those situations sometimes maybe a little bit of a dick and you know, yeah, maybe. But on the back end of that, think about it. You are if you if I could tell you, you will never waste another moment being around people who complain or blame other people 
defend themselves in their positions and all year round is positive, energetic people who want to spread optimism. Like that's amazing. That would be incredible. That would make all of our lives so much happier just generally. And so this guy just made a decision, just said, I can make that decision. It's not easy, right? I'm not going to engage in negative sum games anymore. I'm out, right? I'm not going to sit here and just listen to people bitch. I'm out on it. It's just a waste of time for everybody involved. And everybody's a loser. If you listen to somebody complain, they're not getting better as a person because they're complaining. You are wasting your time and you're not getting better as a person from listening. It's a negative sum game. So we want to avoid these things like the plague. And there's traps all over the place that you guys can probably come up with in your head. And I encourage you to spend a little bit of time thinking about some of these game theories. It's going to be some stuff that we talk about generally. And they're great thought experiments about what goes on during the day that maybe annoys or bothers you. And you've never been able to have a vocabulary to explain why. And when you really think about it, it's because it's a negative sum game. Sit there and you're like, I'm in this conference meeting and this you sit there for like an hour and it could have just been an email. And you're sitting there like we all just lost. We all just lost an hour of our time. This was totally unnecessary. Nothing's going to come of this. And that's the kind of stuff that just eats away at you as a person. Really cool topic uh, that my boy Naval Ravikant, if you guys haven't been listening to his stuff, highly recommend. He was on Joe Rogan a few weeks ago. This is the most impactful podcast I've ever listened to. Um, but, you know, he talks a lot about how on a long enough timeline, we should all be working towards working for smaller and smaller companies as we go through our careers. And the reason is smaller companies come with more flexibility and more ability for us to maximize our positive sum game. So everybody in the company wins if I do a better job. And the larger the company you work for, the more you get dragged into these maybe zero sum games, which is where we're going to talk about next. So something cool for you guys to think about as you guys are in this kind of workforce transition time in your lives. And cool story. And I got to get my boy Drew back on because he recently changed and transitioned jobs. He is living stuff that we have talked about in the podcast. Tunisia, I think, is on her path to finally making this stuff happen, too. It's so cool to see some of this stuff happening. People creating their own happiness, right? Starting to look for new opportunities in their lives where they are and having confidence in themselves as people to make the hard decision, make the hard move, leave security, leave that instant gratification of a known paycheck and known benefits and all these things for the opportunity of something better in the future. And I think if you were to talk to Drew right now, he had a great tweet today. I retweeted it. Um, he's happy. He's having fun at work for the first time in a long time. And it's something that's really cool. So let's move on real quick to zero sum games. Zero sum games are things that we are very familiar with. Uh, they are most what people would call games, right? They are uh, any like, like a tennis match, you know, golf, any of these things where there is a winner and there is a loser. For somebody to win, somebody else has to lose. You know, so another way to look at that is for a plus one, there has to be a negative one. And there are many, many, many examples of zero sum games. And the problem starts to come in when people think about negative or positive sum games as zero sum games when they are actually not. 
And zero sum games are they reward the winners, right? So they are status symbols. They're things that people play for status. And we see this quite a bit in social media culture. We also see this quite a bit in CrossFit as well, as people want the status of being winners. The problem only comes in when you want the status of being a winner only at the expense of other people being losers. And there is certainly an ego trip to this. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And we all have it ingrained and deep in our DNA because back in the day when we were hunter gatherers, we only carried our possessions on our back. So the only thing that we had was basically our status wins and losses. Right. And winning was basically just surviving. Right. And losing was dying. And so this is deeply ingrained in our DNA because we are descendant from survivors. We are descendant from the winners. So a strong competitive work ethic generally or a strong competitive vibe of needing the status of winning is deeply ingrained in who we are as humans. So to deny that is a problem. However, to crave that at unhealthy levels, so much so that you are willing to almost create a bunch, a series, a lot of negatives to promote your more positives, that's when things become a problem. So I'll give an example of this, and it's Lance Armstrong, right? So Lance Armstrong, if you guys have never watched the documentary on him, he basically just decimated every single person's life in his path so that he can continue to win championships, make money, get sponsorships. And he didn't care whose life he ruined. He did not care. And he became so obsessed with this. He went so far over the top that he convinced just millions of Americans that it wasn't a problem that he was a good guy, that he was just a great athlete and blah, blah, blah. And it turns out when we actually, you know, take a peek under the skirt that he's just the biggest dirtbag ever. And it's frustrating to me when cheaters prosper. I really, really have a hard time with it. And this is true with Alex Rodriguez and, um, you know, there's a lot of CrossFitters coming out now. And I know that there is a lot more that we competed against that were cheating the entire time. And, you know, you look at that and you see the negatives, the wake that it creates, the amount of people that had to lose. And the problem is, is these people get fame and sponsorships and money and they are able to flourish during the time of cheating and winning, especially now in the social media age, right, where you can basically vault yourself to celebrity status by taking a ton of steroids and running roughshod through the CrossFit games for a season or two. And all of a sudden you can have all these sponsorships, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers and start to, you know, basically make a full-time income off of this. All the meanwhile, you're cheating and other people who are otherwise honest are losing for this. And zero sum games are very frustrating when you start to look at some things that way. 
but they also can be something that are of great value in learning lessons and teaching lessons if we go into them with open eyes and we do not engage with them at a basically at an obsessive level. So you think with a zero sum game, really your goal shouldn't necessarily be to win. It should be to learn, right? Whether you win, whether you lose, your goal should be to take something away from this. And this is what now I think you're starting to see more and more. But with sports and with kids is a great example of this. And we are all able to look back as adults and see that we shouldn't be too worried whether or not Billy wins his baseball game. We really should be worried a lot more with how he acts during the baseball game. You know, is he a win at all costs? Is he a cut corners and cheat wherever he can so that he can win kind of a kid? Or is he fine losing the right way? Right. And that's true, whether it's a little league baseball game or whether you're an adult playing golf on the weekend with your friends or whether you're involved with mergers and acquisitions and you're involved with hostile takeovers for businesses or whatever. If you play the game the right way from an integrity perspective, if everybody has the appropriate skin in the game and everybody's involved in the right way, so long as you as each side is able to learn something and take something away, even if there is a loser, there usually is at least a positive outcome on each side. That's not always the case, right? But it can be. And that's really purely a mindset thing on our perspective. So there are going to be games that you are going to lose. For sure. Let's just use spike ball as a great example because I'm pretty deep in spike ball right now. Fantastic game, by the way. Uh, My goal with spike ball is to practice my serves and practice using my left hand and try to make plays that are maybe challenging to make, knowing that the repetition of trying to make those plays is over the long haul going to allow me to make them. It's going to allow me to make bigger, better and harder plays, anticipate better, have a better serve, so on. Right. If I just went purely to try to win the game every time I would play differently and it wouldn't evolve me as a person. Right. I would play a little bit of a simpler game. I would maybe, you know, do some unethical things and maybe get in the way of other people or do these other things. Right. If I was just purely worried about winning each individual game. But mostly I'm worried about having fun. And secondly, I'm worried about trying to you know, use my left hand. I'm playing the game for agility, coordination and balance and to have fun with my friends. Right. So to build some of the general physical skills that I don't always get every single day and continue to play sport. Right. But hopefully you guys can see the difference of playing to win, which certainly you can, but also playing to learn. Right. With zero sum games. And then the last one we're going to talk about what we should spend the most time on here is positive sum games. This is where we want to spend the vast majority of our time. And the beautiful part about positive sum games is positive sum games, as you can imagine, are games where every party involved wins. Okay, so I'm going to talk about a couple here. And the easy one for us is health and fitness. Okay, when we think about health and fitness, you losing weight does not mean that somebody else has to gain weight. Right. So it's not a zero sum game. Right. If you lose weight, that doesn't affect anybody else's journey. 
So, and in reality, you losing weight and being successful and being healthier and more fit is probably going to inspire other people to do the same thing and take those same actions. Therefore, it is a positive sum game, right? If you and me engage in, I train you, you work out, you lose weight. I win because I'm able to be happy with your happiness and your development. And I'm able to feel good about my profession and my work because we were able to succeed together. You feel good because you accomplished your goal. You lost the weight that you wanted to lose. Nobody was harmed. Nobody has to lose for that to happen. Same thing. Nobody has to lose muscle for you to gain muscle. Nobody has to look bad naked for you to look good naked. There is no losers in health and fitness. So when we think about positive sum games, one of the biggest areas where people have problems is they think that there are actors involved that are keeping them in the negative. And sometimes they come from like crazy places, but more often they come from very similar places, right? Time is the big one. So they think, you know, I can't be engaged in health and fitness because I don't have time, right? So time becomes the winner and they become the loser, right? Uh, But you can see how ridiculous and flawed that thinking is because it doesn't take that much to be fit. Like grab a pair of 30 pound dumbbells and do 100 devil's presses for time three days a week and walk for 40 minutes listening to a podcast at four in the morning three days a week and eat perfectly and you'll be a stud like in absolute fantastic shape. Okay, not going to be the most fun thing in the world, but you'll achieve your goal. So when we think about positive sum games, these are the types of games that we want to be involved in as much as physically possible, because the actual just process of being involved in a positive sum game means that not just you are going to elevate and have a positive experience, not just you are going to win, but the other parties involved with you winning are also going to win. Okay, so health and fitness being the example here, I just said the trainer, the coach that's helping you, they're going to win because their career will actually have purpose and value and they will feel good for that. The community that you do it around is going to win. So your family is going to get a more energetic, happy mother or father going to get a more fit kid who doesn't need to go to the hospital quite as much when they're older. They're going to get off prescription drugs. It's going to ease the financial picture for the family. So everybody involved with that's going to win. Then the general community wins because there's less stress on the healthcare system. There's more people who are healthy and fit who are going to also inspire more people who are healthy and fit, which is, again, going to help the local fitness community grow, is going to have people out and about and doing things more often, engaged in more commerce, engaged in being outside, using nature, doing these things the way that they're supposed to. Happy people are more engaged people generally, right? They are not just recluses. So that positive sum game, there are a lot of people that win in this. Another positive sum game is wealth, like just general riches, right? Nobody has to lose for you to do well financially. And I think that this is a flaw that a lot of people think. Nobody has to lose for you to be winning financially, right? There are a lot of ways for you to do really well financially. And if you start to generate your own wealth and you start to save money appropriately and invest that money, everything gets better from that. 
nobody has to lose, right? Because you start your own company and that company creates other jobs and those jobs open up other jobs. That does not mean that other companies automatically have to go out of business for you to create that, right? When I started Friendship, it's not like the gym down the street went out of business, right? No gyms, to my knowledge, in our area have gone out of business. All that's happened is there's been more gyms, right? There's been more gyms in Dublin created significantly more within a five mile radius of friendship than when we started, not less, right? So when we think about that, nobody had to lose for us to win. And what have we brought? So we brought a service to our community. That service was needed, Right. So the community then is able to pay money for a service that it wants and that helps the business grow. And when the business grows, the business is able to take those dollars and put them into jobs. So we've created eight jobs right now that we pay and we pay you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of taxes every year. God, it sucks to say that we pay hundreds of thousands of dollars of taxes every year to the local community that helps Dublin do things like build Bridge Park, which everybody gets to enjoy and again, helps our community. We've also created jobs and the jobs that those people left. So Liz's teaching job, Andy's dietitian job, Eric's home maintenance job, and Ryan's beer sales job. All those jobs were then filled. So that opened up four new jobs just right there, right? Maria's Lululemon job, so five jobs. That opened up jobs right there that other people were able to jump into. Maybe college kids right out of college were able to jump into and create new opportunities. So that creation, those things happening, nobody loses in any of that, right? Nobody had to lose jobs so that these jobs could be created. They were just able to be created, right? You guys didn't have to lose anything to come in and be a part of this community, right? We didn't have to raise Dublin taxes to build Bridge Park. At least I don't think so. They might have, right? But they were able to, because of the growing business and property taxes and property prices and all these different things, they were able to take those tax dollars and build this awesome thing for all of us to enjoy, right? And that's a direct result of growing community. So if you right now, if you go home tonight and you develop a webinar and you do create, let's just say you create an online course. Let's say you create a podcast, right? And you just start podcasting and people love consuming it. They really like it, right? And it starts doing really well and you start making about a thousand bucks a month from that. And you maybe hire a sound production person to come in and take care of all of it for you. You start to get some sponsorships and those sponsorships net sales for the companies who give you sponsorships. Nothing negative. Nobody is going to stop listening to another podcast to start listening to your podcast. And that person's podcast is now never going to get sponsorships. And so they lose their money and lose their job and lose their house so that you can grow yours. That's just not the way it works. Right. So wealth creation and the economy is generally a positive sum game. Everybody can make the right decisions. Everybody can do things that are great and everybody can grow and develop and have a better financial situation. And if we all do that, if we all make better choices, then really the only people who might lose would be like these kind of 
purposeless industries. Like we wouldn't maybe wouldn't need to loan as much money from banks or loan as much money from the government. And, you know, this one point four trillion dollar student debt, um, you know, deficit would basically just not be there. And think about how much that would actually grow and build the businesses of our, you know, generation right now. So if you think everybody, whatever your student loan debt payment is right now, imagine you're able to put that into just say the gym membership, right? If that was able to happen right now, we would be able to hire five more people immediately. And it's like, yeah, the government would, you know, not make as much interest money next year, but who the fuck cares, right? They're making so much damn money anyway. So these are the things that we think about is how can we get involved with more of these positive sum games? Now, last one that I'll talk about here in positive sum games is community, a tribe, right? Being a part of something. And the thing that you see that's true with positive sum games, guys, is the is the only limiting factor is you. The only limiting factor in your health, fitness, and nutrition battle is you. The only limiter in your wealth creation and your financial literacy and all that stuff is you. That's it. And the problem is, is people start to look at things and they start to see the people who are successful with health and fitness. And they say things like, oh, I wish I could have the time to do that. Or boy, I wish I X and Y and Z. And you in the back of your head are like, I make time for this. You think that this was easy? I bust my ass to work out really hard. I bust my ass to eat healthy. This isn't easy. I didn't, I wasn't just given this. I worked for it. And it's the same thing for anything that you do. It's the same thing. You start a company. It's like you see people and they're like, oh man, you know, I'd love to start a gym. I'd love to do what you do. It's like, it's not easy. I worked my ass off for this. It's not, this isn't just something that's given to people, right? Saving money and investing and doing things intelligently, that means sacrifice. That means not going out and blowing money at bars and, you know, doing things with your money, you know, buying a bunch of shoes and lattes and doing these other things, buying these luxuries that we don't need. And in some way, shape or form, I don't look at that as a sacrifice, but you can. You can look at that as sacrificing something. A lot of people do. They say, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want I don't want to give up this. I don't want to give up going to happy hour. I actually had a woman say that to me in a consultation one time. Like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't really I don't really want to give up going to happy hour. So maybe I'd have to work out at like maybe 430 because happy hour really is my biggest priority. And it's just like, eh, this isn't going to probably work. Right. But that's where we're at is. If, if you don't understand that you are the limiting factor here, nobody else is keeping you down from being successful in your health and fitness journey. It doesn't exist. There's no excuse that you can make that is valid. Sorry. I don't feel sorry for people. I don't feel sorry for people as it pertains to health and fitness because it is literally a you choice. It's very, very hard. There are certain situations where I think, man, you know what? That person was put behind the eight ball in terms of uh, a financial picture. But really, when you dive deep, especially in America, and there are certainly countries that are not that way, but especially in America, I mean, you're hard pressed to not find somebody who came from a worse off situation than you did and made it and was able to be successful and was able to have a good head on their shoulders and was able to see that. And they didn't have to take anybody else out to do it. Nobody else had to lose for them to do it. 
And 99 times out of 100, what you see is that actually because they did it, there are thousands of people winning. There are thousands of people who are enjoying or having a better life because that person made it. And community is an interesting one because creating community or being involved with and taking part in community is something that people don't necessarily think about. It's so instinctual. It's what we are. It's who we are as people. It is one of, if not the biggest drivers of health and happiness for us. But the problem is, is people don't realize that this is a positive sum game. If you come in and you give to your community, And let's just take our friendship community. It's the one that's most native to you guys, right? If you come in and you give, you're smiling and you're laughing and you're joking. You're engaging the new people. You're helping them when they're struggling. You're talking with coaches. You're helping clean up at the end of the day. You're cleaning your bars. You're putting things away where they belong. If you walk by a little piece of trash, you pick it up. If you see if the coach is struggling and needs help, you help them out. If you come in and, and, you know, we're doing a charitable event or we're trying to help somebody, you donate. Like if you come in and you give, you will get back. And you see it all the time. The people who come in and they put out for the community, they get back 10 times what they put in. And it might not always be monetary, right? Because I don't think that stuff matters. But it comes back from a relationship perspective. Right. And we've seen this time and time again for people who've come in and, you know, we'll just take, uh, you know, so say you come in and you give and, you know, you just happen to meet Justin, Justin Keys. He's a realtor. He's somebody who's really helped out me and Maria and my family quite a bit, as well as many of the other coaches families. But you come in, you put in the community and you're just talking to this guy who's next to you. He's nice as can be. He's a pillar of sunshine and happiness. He's always smiling. Right. And, you know, he looks like a guy you can talk to. You just, you know, you start chatting with him and, you know, nothing really comes of it, but you just have a good conversation. Now you get to know him. Next time you come in, you're like, Hey, Justin, what's going on, man? How's your week been going? He's like, yeah, good, man. Good. And then you just kind of get on the topic and then, you know, maybe tell Justin, yeah, you know, we're maybe looking at selling our house. Justin's like, awesome, man. You know, that's what I do for a living. If I can ever help it all, just let me know. And just like that, you were maybe going to start researching and spending time on the internet looking for a realtor. And that realtor maybe wasn't going to have your best interest at heart. And maybe it was just going to try to get a quick sale on your property so that he can make his money and commission and move on. But now you've got Justin working for you and he's going to give you an honest shake and he's going to really care about you in the process. And he's going to communicate well and he's going to take care of you, even if it's not a very big sale or a very big property for what he would normally do. And you didn't have to spend any time outside of what you were already spending at the gym. So you save yourself time, save yourself money. You're protected from the community. Justin wins because he gets more business. Everybody in the community is going to win from that transaction. Everybody in the community is going to win because all you gave was just a little bit of yourself to talk to somebody, to give energy, smile, happiness, positivity, optimism, to give that out into our community. And if you do that, like I said, you will get it back. And I mean, I could go on example after example after example of people who have found jobs, of people who have, you know, saved money on insurance, who have found, you know, Maria's car and like just X and Y and Z. 
And there are thousands and thousands of relationships and instances where everybody wins because of a strong community. And if there's one thing I'm most proud of, it is the fact that we have created a tribe and a community of people that understand whether or not they've put a word to it yet, but understand that they are in a positive sum game. If they come in and they give a little bit of love and they give a little bit of time and effort and energy, they'll be repaid on that. Be repaid by the love that they receive, the positivity and the gratitude, the mindset shift, the health and fitness shift, the information, all these things. And those are the positive sum games, guys, that we want to be spending our time, effort and energy giving to. So if you can think about that, put yourself in just a couple of situations that happen to us probably every day. So let's say Sally, who you went to high school with, posts, you know, Bernie Sanders talking about something really liberal. Let's say you're super conservative and you're just like, you know, you're like, hey, you know, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to type out this really big, long rant on Instagram today towards Sally's post and I'm going to at her and I'm going to, and there's going to be mean, angry emojis and I'm going to be all animated and I'm going to try to convince her how wrong Bernie Sanders is. Think about that situation and spending your time that way. And think about scrolling to the gratitude Friday friendship post and instead just putting some positive things that happen to you in your community, in your family, in your life that week. Think about the differences of what's happening in your brain during those two situations. Think about it. This is how we have to start paying attention to how we spend our time, how we place our actions in the world, who we communicate with, and what games we play. These are just a few examples. I would love for you guys to think about examples that you face every day and think about them in this light, a positive sum, a zero sum, or a negative sum game. And think about, should I be even playing this game? Is there anything for me to be gained here? And if there is, then it's either a zero sum or a positive sum game. So then your next thought process is, is there a loser? Does anybody lose from me taking this action? And if the answer is no, then it's a positive sum game and you should go into that very excited. You should give yourself entirely in that moment to that thing. Because positive sum games and the more positive sum games that we can play all day, every day, the more we're going to be surrounded by people who are built up by our actions. They're built up by our words. And that's really the biggest contribution that I think that we can give here on Earth. So I hope that you guys understand this. Uh, It's something that, you know, actually came out a little bit on this podcast, maybe better than I thought it was going to. Uh, I've really tried to hone in on how we talk about this. But uh, but yeah, it's it's something that I think can really drive and create a lot of value for people out there. So I hope that you guys enjoy this and uh, let me know what you think. Give me some feedback on this one. Also, If you guys are still listening to the very, very end, I really appreciate it. Uh, I do want to do some questions and answers. Uh, So I I want to do a little podcast. There's a couple of podcasts out there that do these, you know, Q&A's every week or two weeks or so. 
I'd love to create a grab bag of questions that you guys have. If you guys have something um, that you'd like me or really any of the coaches to uh, discuss, articulate, uh, I would love to hear those. You guys uh, can just email them. The voice memo stuff's acting act a little weird. It hasn't worked out quite the way I was hoping it would. Um, you know, Anchor kind of dropped the ball on that a little bit. But what I want to see is if you guys could email me just a series of four or five questions that you guys would like for, for us to jam on, I would love to. And uh, <laughs> if not, we won't do the episode. So I uh, hope you guys have a great week and are enjoying the beautiful weather out there. And I'll see you.